Okay, and welcome back to QLC Radio. This is part two of the series, which is Big Questions. And today I have Firas and Bertie with me, and we're going to be taking on a big question today. So I've had these guys on before, as I think you know how we know each other. But just to recap, we all went to uni together, and now we're still friends. So fantastic. So yeah, so Firas, how are you doing, man? It's been a while since you've been on. Hello, I'm good. Um, life is looking a bit more positive, a bit more hopeful now. I think this sight of being been able to go outside, maybe go on holiday at some point later in the year. So yeah, feeling yeah. hopeful. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, no, definitely. With lockdown finishing pretty soon, I'm uh, I'm feeling good too. Birdie, how's things with you? How's things over at this dangerous podcast? If people don't remember, he is a host on this dangerous podcast, which you should go and check out. Yeah, uh, it's going all right. We've just done our 25th episode. Um, well, that's Johnny's 25th. It's actually my 16th, my sweet, sweet 16. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, there's, yeah, we did a cheeky bonus episode for that. Um, but yeah, life is, 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 is looking on the up overall. And I'm, uh, I mean, today I'm, I'm just lapping up the good weather, um, and hoping for plenty more. Good stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah. Today's like 22 degrees, isn't it? Which is March 30th for people that are listening ah. to this in like a week's time. Very hot, yeah. So, as I said to these guys beforehand, we're taking on some big questions. And we actually started talking about this the other day. And I put the conversation on hold because I was like, tell you what, let's get this in a podcast. So, I'm going to go straight to you for us for where we left off the other day. And what is love? What is your take on love? Go for it. So, what I said the other day is that I think love, at least in a traditional sense, is a mutually beneficial relationship between two people with like a deep emotional connection between them. And I was thinking about it in the shower because <laughs> I think, I think it's not that simple. I think it's, it's not quite that simple, but, but the thing is that love can be used in so many different ways. Like you can say, I love a pie. You can say, <laughs> you know, you, your mum tells you that she loves her, but you don't say that you love a pie in the same way. It's completely different. So there's so many different, like, ways in that the word that the love is used but i think in the most traditional sense it's a relationship that's mutually beneficial between two people such as like family members or like a personal friendship or hmm. or like girlfriend boyfriend whatever kind of partnership so on that last one though romantic love hmm. does it have to be mutual uh this is what this is what i said so i think i think i think it does have to be mutual for it to be love in the traditional sense because i think it's not sustainable if it's not and i think it will transform into something else what so what like, do you mean maybe so maybe maybe if you love someone that doesn't love you back it's gonna it's like a like a lust or like a like a longing for something that you don't have rather than like a love where you've mm. got that loving relationship i think it's a bit different okay yeah, that kind of makes sense, I guess. But the feeling can be the same, right? I don't know. What do you think, Bertie? Because I think that, yeah, love is best when it's mutual, for sure. But if it's just one way, you still got the same feeling, right? Although you may have some accompanying yeah. hurt with it because it's not reciprocated. But still the same, right? What do you think? That's, that's, a, really, that's a really good point. I mean, I feel like without trying to get too like into the philosophical territory, this is definitely like a philosophical argument because... Um, how do you truly know that you're sharing an experience? I, I mean, I don't want to get into that because that, that, no, go for it, man. 
Um, but I think like to kind of uh, to kind of back up what Firis is saying, like if you're just you know how do you how do you know it's love or if it's longing? I mean, just to provide a picture of that, Nikola Tesla said that he fell in love with a pigeon that lived outside his window in New York. Um, and I bet that pigeon probably didn't really know who he was or what he was. You know, I mean, how you know? Do you, do you reckon the pigeon fell in love with him too? I guess we'll never know. Never know. <laughs> um, but you know, like he said, he was in love with a pigeon. I, I would probably say he he was probably longing for something he didn't have, which or or you know he couldn't understand. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting. I feel like it's hard to talk about this concept of love without it being very personal and without it being very close to our, to our own hearts. And we all have a very different de- definition of what love is, I think, because of, you know, like what, we, what we've experienced or, or what we're searching for. Is that is the thing we're searching for love or is it just something we're personally searching for, which is different to what everyone else is searching for? I think, yeah, I think you're right in the sense that love is very kind of, is very individual. So, you know, you'll get people that are, are in love so you get two people that are in love and they're probably they probably are in love but one person might be willing to give a hell of a lot more to the relationship than the other but they're both in love but you know people's perceptions of it are very different and then there's different kinds of love as well i guess like you're saying what firas was mentioning about you know parents or or you with nikola tesla loving a pigeon there are different kinds of love yeah well, you, kinda... could, you could love a pie but i mean yeah. are you in love with a pie like does that happen all right, Can I okay. be in love with a pie? Probably not. All right, here's uh, my follow-up question to that then. What's the difference between loving something and being in love? Firish, you first. Man. Yeah, <laughs> you're just going to hand that one over uh, to Firas. I think, like, if, you, if you're loving something, it's like it's like you you want it. But you're not going to, like, if you, if you love a pie, right, it's something that you might, that you really want. And maybe in a particular moment, you're really hungry. You haven't eaten for a long time. And you love that pie that you know you've got at home yeah but like you know are you going to make life sacrifices for that pie it's not going to do anything back for you this is true whereas like for a relationship you know maybe maybe you have a child and you love them and like you'll you'll sacrifice things in your life for them and you'll get in return like a, a deep connection and a nice kind of relationship with them and i think it there's more there's a lot more depth to it obviously whereas when you have a pie it's just like you want that pie no matter how much you want that pie though it's not like it's it's not going to do anything back for you and you it's self-serving basically it could be like maybe maybe you're you're a butcher actually like and then you might love your profession and your profession could be making pie so this is a an interesting topic but i think fundamentally it's a lot more shallow so what you're describing there, for me anyway, would be lust and love, two different things. So yeah, like, yeah. Like so before, like, when you want when you want that pie and you can't think of anything else, mm. you just want to eat the pie. This is mm. not a euphemism, like by maybe... the way. We, we we mean a genuine pie. But yeah. um, <laughs> whereas like being in love is you want that something, whatever it is, or that person. But for me, anyway, above all else, you kind of want that person to have more benefit than you. At least that's my kind of definition of love. It's like, yes, you want them, 
but being in love is going the extra step and being like it's not just about what i want though i actually want to see them happy kind of thing at least that that's yeah. more that's more romantic love and more mm. uh, maybe a parent's love for a child or something like that than than love in a pie but i think that's my that's my sort of cut off point between the two i think it's when you start considering them more than you that would be my personal definition of love anyway you know like when a when a new child's born and the parent will always say it's to that moment where i kind of discovered a new purpose or i found new meaning and it was like yeah. i was really born with the birth of my child i think that's a really good example of love and how love can be like a almost like an, an evolutionary stage in your life where you discover new meaning and new purpose and it's more of a uh, a spiritual movement than mm. just um, a, a a move to kind of uh, improve your chances of survival because I think lust comes from a place of a desire to survive to eat to procreate to, to live comfortably to um, maybe maybe to, to, to grow um, mentally uh, or mm. physically but it it doesn't I don't think that necessarily adds a totally new meaning to your life. Cause I think, you know, you can have, you, you can be a certain level of comfortable in your life, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you feel well-placed or you feel in yourself, like you have purpose and meaning. Yeah. And I think in order to achieve that, there does need to be some sort of alignment with your kind of, I'm now getting to now I'm sounding a bit corny with your like spiritual self. If you see what I mean. Yeah, kind of. And that's sort of why I wanted to take the conversation down next is because there's, I don't know what you call it, theories, maybe? Is that the right word? But um, beliefs, anyway. There's beliefs that love is just a biological drive at the end of the day. Is that, because you can break it down, which is quite a, a sad way of looking at it, but you can break love down to a set of like sort of chemical reactions that go on that is then driving you to, if it's romantic love, is driving you to procreate. If it's love for a child, it's for their survival but it's just a set of kind of biological reactions that are going on so with mm. that kind of said and that's kind of a depressing way of looking at it i kind of want to then say what what's the sort of deeper spiritual meaning to it then and is there a deeper spiritual meaning or do you think we're overcomplicating ourselves as a species yeah so i think i've i've yeah i i've kind of heard the thing about the the kind of biochemical sort of form of like determination essentially before like so it sounds kind of like a an almost deterministic argument such that we aren't we we might have free will i think this comes back to the free will argument free will yeah. dilemma do we truly have free will or are we living in an illusion of free will and i think it is a difficult topic but i'd like i'd like to believe there's more to it than simply reducing reducing it to you know reducing it to to, to the chemicals because i feel like the chemicals yeah. that are happening in your brain well where do they come from right let's just take a step back you know what caused that what triggered that what was it about that particular person that you really felt you had a connection with hmm. sometimes it's the things you can't explain that add meaning and add beauty to life it's not always there's a complete pathway to to happiness and there's a really good series on TV, and now I'm going completely off topic. Called the One. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you've watched that. Um, no, it's on Netflix. Uh, it's one of 
the top ones in, in the UK at the moment. And it's about you can take a strand of your hair and you can find your perfect partner. You live happily ever after. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a really interesting concept because it's really kind of talking about exactly what we're talking about right now. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a futuristic if. Could yeah. this be possible? If so, will it really deliver the happiness we're seeking as a species? Yeah. Or as individuals? Mm. Yeah, I get what you mean. And that actually reminds me of another point. But I saw Firas wanted to jump in a couple of times there, so I'll uh, hand over to you. I was just going to say, I think, no, we had this conversation before about you were talking about the, this, this idea of like a pill that could just make you happy. And then, yes. And then, like, what would be the point in searching for anything and saying, would you just be happy with that in itself? And I was thinking, I was arguing that, like, there's surely more depth to life than just a, sen- a sensation. And, like, maybe the sensation will be the same. And, like, there's so many different types of happiness that we experience of the same magnitude yeah. but in different in different settings such as you know, maybe happy memories you have with your parents for example like happy times with your parents when you're a kid or you know, like nice moments with like a sexual partner that although like in 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 like a simple scale of happiness they might be on an equal level they're completely different routes of happiness no, I get and what you surely mean. Surely that means that there's more depth. It's like maybe to... I get what you mean. As in, the same chemical response would happen, I suppose, because you're experiencing happiness. But there's very, it's a very different kind of happiness to say your parents making you like baking you a cake, or yeah. or you know something to do with your your partner. Yeah, they are two very yeah. different routes of happiness. Yeah. I think what I argued though at that at that time was but it's still the same response. It's a different trigger, but it's the same response. So if we had that, um, if we all had the same trigger, say the form of a pill that kicked off a chemical reaction, would we then just be satisfied? Like, how would that, how would we feel about that? I think we would be left with a longing for meaning. Do you think so? Or, but a lot of that kind of, I don't know, maybe a lot of that kind of feeling that people have, that longing for a meaning or whatever it is if you have just got that instant satisfaction and it's lasting as well so this pill is something that you won't i don't know build an immunity to would you have that longing for meaning or would you just be like i'm good with this kind of thing i think it would be maybe like a shallow happiness in the way that like you eat a cupcake like maybe you just keep eating loads of cupcakes and like you feel happy whilst you're eating those cupcakes but you're like i don't really want to be eating these cupcakes yeah you can and look at can... drug in the same way. Like I feel like any anything that can be considered a drug, or even something that is a drug for you and you don't even know, you know, like the more you hit that trigger, the less fulfillment you get out of it, and the the the, the more purpose you lose. Yeah, I think that can, that's something that's very relatable um, with addiction, hmm. um, especially if you look at something like taking heroin no one can understand externally why this person's living in such squalor and in such perceived pain and disgust, you know, but to them, they're on cloud number nines when they're on that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, that's where I feel like, you know, happy pills already exist in a sense, you know, but does that, that doesn't make you really happy though, does it? The, the end goal, this is where it's like, the brain has like little rewards 
and mm. things like that. But it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't get you anywhere like necessarily. You know, like you get addicted to anything, and it can be a bad thing. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I think when you look at drugs, for example, you're right because drugs are in a well, not all of them, but some of them are in a sense a happy pill, right? But they have a lot of negative, a lot of negative side effects that come with them. Yeah. So what I was saying, like this pill wouldn't, ha- this is this is like almost like a medicinal pill that wouldn't have mm-hmm. that, and it just kind of triggers satisfaction in your brain. But mm-hmm. without all the other stuff that I don't know that <laughs> heroin would give you, for example. I get you. So without the without the health problems as such. Yeah, exactly. So there's no negative stigma to it, and there's no negative physical um, side effects. I'm not going to say no well, negative they... mental side effects because otherwise, then there's no point for this hypothetical question. But yeah, when they make this pill, sign me up because, like, I, I think <laughs> you know, like, I almost feel like any amount of like, I feel like the brain has to have a balance. That's just my feeling. Like, I feel like it can't permanently be on this state of happiness. And I think like maybe you need the sorrow to to add meaning to life. Maybe mm. that's what it needs. But that's a, like, that's a good point. I think. Yeah. Partly, I just don't understand my brain. You know, it's like yeah. I want to be happy all the time, but do I? Re- is that really what my brain needs? No, I agree. Nothing, nothing has a meaning without context. I think, isn't it? Like you know, like they say, there's no. You don't appreciate the sunshine without rain, and like you don't. Yeah. You don't. You don't appreciate things like if you're always on holiday. Does it really feel like a holiday? Yeah, so true. You if just need a reference point, don't you? Yeah. These things. Yeah. Would you appreciate it in the same way? I don't think you would. It would just become like a standard baseline. And yeah. Maybe that baseline would just feel like a, a new normal, which would eventually become boring and maybe allow you to reflect hmm. on your lack of meaning in life. I think that's a good point, actually, like the baseline thing, because, cause, you know, like people will look at celebrities, for example, and celebrities tend to be millionaires. And you'll see celebrities going off the rails or being desperately unhappy or like, um, or like the boxer Tyson Fury is a good example, right? He became the heavyweight champ of the world, got money, riches, he had a family, he had everything. Um, at least on the outside, it appeared he had everything, but he was still desperately unhappy on the inside. And I think in his case, that's probably something to do with maybe just how his brain is wired. He might, you know, maybe he's unlucky in that sense, but perhaps it could be to do with the fact if you're used to having this around you the whole time, your baseline is different. So even though it appears to someone else that you are a lot happier, or you should be a lot happier, your baseline is different to theirs. So you still have the same kind of capacity to feel high and low as you do, but you're just having a different life experience, but the same feelings are still there. I think that's quite an important point to make about the baselining. Perhaps help people be a little bit more sympathetic to others as well if they are feeling down and you just think, why why are you feeling down? Because, you know, they they still have a reason to, even if it's not the same experience as yours. Definitely. I think um, the the next thing I was going to go on to, so we kind of went on a little bit of a sidetrack there, <laughs> away from the whole what is love question. But what you were saying earlier, Bertie, reminded me of something when you're talking about like compatibility and whatnot. There's this thing that I think you'll be interested in. I'll, I'll send you guys the podcast link afterwards. I think it's in Yale or Harvard. It's one of these like top universities over in America. And they have this like love matcher thing. And it takes into account pretty much yeah it's one of the most in-depth kind of matching services i've ever heard of anyway and it will literally give you like a questionnaire of i don't know maybe a hundred questions or something like that and it will ask you things like are you a tidy person are you not um would you prefer to go to the movie you know that typical kind of stuff but a lot more in depth and then it kind of matches people based on that and they make this pact of 
if they don't find anyone by the time they're 30, they'll just marry whoever they got matched to by that algorithm. Uh, which is a really kind of weird sort of thing that I came across. Like I said, I'll send it to you guys. But what do, what do you think about that, though? About um, perhaps love can be almost brought down to an algorithm or manufactured in a sense. Um, for me, it's it's scary in the sense that I wouldn't want to believe that because I feel like you're surrendering power to, well, to potentially a company or someone with interests over you hmm. based on that algorithm. Like, if you don't, for me, I'd want to. I want to see that algorithm. I would want to know how it works. Yeah, personally, yeah, it sounds it sounds pretty scary to be honest, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> similar similar to the idea of the pill. Like, it takes away certain amount of meaning from your life i think hmm. like it takes away the mystery of life yeah you know, i think as humans we like to believe that there's a bit more to us than than what can be um written down in a bit of code and just kind of solved so simply i think it kind of destroys like the mystery and the romance of life a little bit yeah, I think that's the main thing. Although I think it probably could work because I think there is definitely elements of predictability to human behaviour. I think that's very well, they've very much been proven in the algorithms that we see being used in targeted advertising and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, like that at the moment. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, I I think this. Um, I, I can't. I wish I remembered the university off the top of my head, but I don't. But this university that's doing this, it pra- actually, I reckon it probably does some decent results. To be honest, I reckon it probably does match people fairly well. Um, it was quite, it was quite funny though because when because it didn't um take into account like uh, certain things like um I think there were like twins at that university, and twins typically have the same interests and in everything. So that algorithm matched the two twins together, for example. But in a way, that kind of shows that perhaps it is actually matching based on good criteria. Is looking for compatibility even though twins should never get with each other. But at least it's showing that it is kind of working in some extent. I wanted to ask as well, because I think both of you have mentioned this about love and what meaning it gives your life. So I was saying earlier, and I feel like I've been like the slightly more depressing one here about saying how everything can be like reduced to a pill or it's a biological urge. But what meaning does love give to you then, or to your life? Um, I think... Oh, that, that's such a hard question really isn't it mm. what meaning does it give your life I think it's a big part of, of life and well, I think that's a massive topic in itself really like what means it, I mean, what is, is it, so that, I suppose that can be broken down into like your family and the value that you feel from your family yeah because you can say a certain type of love and that's obviously incredibly important probably the most some of the most important or the most important aspects of our lives, I think, you know, family. And then maybe one day developing our own families and then, you know, the partners that we live with or the partners that we spend a lot of time with perhaps, Mm. they bring a lot of, a lot of joy and happiness in the moments that we share. And I suppose that that adds value in like the mundane kind of moments of life that you might not otherwise enjoy so much. Yeah. I mean, like, so I think it does. It does add a lot of value, but it's very hard to pinpoint it into a concise statement. But I think, like, you know, it, it it kind of colours life in a way. 
hmm. it colors life in like for example you know if i live if when when i i live completely on my own you know in royston what i've dude moved out and it like you know it's, it's it's quite boring like you just kind of in an environment like that you just kind of want to get on do your work and just do whatever and it, yeah. and it doesn't really matter that much you're kind of just churning through life hmm. and then for example now living with my girlfriend it's like we try and spend more time together like we actually will enjoy the simpler things yeah. it kind of changes it or when i'm at home with my family it's the same kind of thing i guess like you know watching tv with my dad for example is more it's, it's, it's a more valuable experience than watching tv on my own yeah, of course. Yeah. How about you, Bertie? a bit of colour. Yeah, no, I'm pretty much exactly the same. I think the only thing I would say as well is just, I think, um, I think like, yeah, love, like in and of itself, is kind of it's a, it's such a personal thing that I think it's it's yeah shapes who you are and like your your own identity of self. So like, maybe yeah, your relationships with your family or with with other people. I think there's a feeling of intimacy and in letting people in or, you know, sharing something, uh, some deep truth maybe about yourself and just about, you know, your existence and your life that's like so profound. So like you might yeah. have some moments in your life where you just got like that really special memory and it's like a shared, like it's like a shared experience, you know. I don't know, yeah. like the special moments in life, you know. And it's hmm. like maybe like the birth of a new kid you know like your family are all there and yeah. you see that kid you know that that's a that's like a shared wonder mm. and it's those sorts of things it's like you can talk about it in words but it doesn't mean anything compared to being there but compared to what it was what it was in your in your head in your memory yeah you know that one you'll never you'll never get it back but it's always there you see what i mean um and i think that's also what adds meaning when people die and they, they, there's part of them that's left with you. They've made their mark on your on your life, and I believe that's how people live on. They yeah. might be dead and and gone physically, but that's meaningless when they've made a real mark on you and your yeah. development and you and you who you are. I think, yeah, I think I agree with that actually, and. It's interesting. I, maybe I'll save this for another episode, or maybe I just won't get into it because it could get quite depressing. But yeah, I think there is certainly a link between sort of love and death. I think there is actually quite a big link there. I think I can't remember who said it. I think it was just some philosopher, one of these random philosophers. I have no idea saying that the concept of love or the idea of love is is life's answer to death. Kind of way because death can seem such a depressing thing, but along the way you have love that kind of makes it all worth it, and I think it's only fair I kind of answer my own question now, but for me, love is the, it's what underpins me, for me personally anyway, for me it's the kind of anchor, and it doesn't have to be a romantic love, um, it can be, you know, it can be love of your friends, it can be love of your family, but for me that's the thing that is always going to keep me grounded is love in some sort of sense, so like when I'm a kid it's love for my parents, when I move out by myself um, it's love of my friends who kind of, you know, no matter like if, if things are not going that well in life or whatever it is that love is still there and it underpins it and it's just always there like you know roots in a tree or something like that so that's kind of my sort of perception of love and that's what it means in my life is it's just it's the thing that's always there and kind of underpins you and keeps you grounded and whether that's for your family your friends or your partner yeah 
with that, I think that was um, a, a concluding point by the sounds of it. But just before we wrap up, I'll open up to you guys again if you want to add anything else, Sam. And I think that's a very good point. Well, in that case, I'd just like to say thank you for joining this episode of Big Questions on QLC Radio. Cheers for your input, guys. And to everyone else out there, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope this kind of opened your mind in some way, shape or form, or at least entertained you. Please like, please subscribe, drop a message on Instagram, whatever it might be. And thanks for listening. Bye.